Welcome to Explore Your Spirit with Kayla. Journey with Kayla as she speaks with researchers, artists, teachers, and healers. Delving into topics of ancient mysteries, metaphysical explorations, and new discoveries from science and spiritual arenas. Explore Your Spirit with Kayla can be found online at exploreyourspirit.com. Visit the website for more podcasts, articles, metaphysical news, and upcoming events. Visit us at exploreyourspirit.com. Welcome to the Explore Your Spirit with Kayla show. I'm your host and your travel guide to the other side, Kayla Ambrose. And I know, I know it's been a while. It's been a while since my last show. Those of you who've been with me for all of these years, you know I've been on a long journey, a terrible walkabout in the dark forest that I've described as wailing in the wind as I painfully have been struggling through the depths of grief when I lost my husband three years ago. Among the many lists of titles and descriptions that I've received in this lifetime, the most recent one that has been bequeathed to me is now widow. And it's a terrible word, an affliction. It's a club that no one wants to join. For the past three years, I've been through hell and back. And I still circle back around there from time to time. For what they don't tell you about grief is that it's not a one-way process. You don't start at stage one and continue climbing up to stage five and then you're all better. It's not like climbing a mountain at all. It's more like a roller coaster that's going up and down and around a mountain. Sometimes you're on that long climb and you're going upwards on the roller coaster. And it's slow and agonizing and you can't see what's coming up for you next. And then you are thrown downhill at perilous speeds, feeling powerless and completely out of control. And all you can do is hold on and scream and cry. Then there are moments when you circle around the track and for a brief moment, you catch your breath and you take a minute to look up from your situation and you see this big world all around you, still moving and doing just fine without you in all of its beauty and splendor. And in that brief moment, you're reminded That there is light, love, joy, many good things in this world. And you have a glimpse of the joy and the happiness you once knew. Yet no sooner do you have that glimpse and the reminder hits you that the one you loved is not there to share it with you. And you enter that dark tunnel on the track all over again, thrust into darkness and despair. For me, I'm at year three of this roller coaster process called grief. And according to some professional grief experts, therapists, counselors, and coaches, it takes on average about five years before a widow starts to come out of the grief and pain. And for many during this first five years, we live in what's described as widow fog. And this is where time stands still for a widow. In widow fog, the widow is detached and removed from the pace of the world around them. If you haven't been in this type of deep grief, It's difficult to comprehend what the person is feeling. For the widow, they now live in a space called alternate time. And it's different from what people think of as time on earth that is measured daily in hours and minutes or over the span of a year and months. For a widow, 
Some days, time feels like their spouse passed away a day ago. Other days, it feels like lifetimes ago. Some days last forever, feeling like this day will never end. And other days are a complete blur, like they never even happened. This feeling can even change throughout the course of one day. A widow, and I should say a widower as well, really anyone in grief, can tell you a story about how they woke up one day. Surprised to see that an entire week had gone by, or a month, or even a year. They're still physically functioning. They go to work, clean the house, take out the garbage, get groceries, but they're in widow fog, and time, as other people think of it, is not the same. Some days they feel stuck, as if nothing will ever change. They wonder if they'll remain in this limbo-like existence forever. And yet on other days, it feels like everything is moving too fast, and there's no way to keep up with the rush of the world. In short, everything feels off and discombobulated. I love that word, discombobulated. Even just saying the word sounds like what it feels like. As widows, we're still there, and we're functioning as best as we can in the world, but sometimes we're not fully present. Widow fog rolls in unexpectedly, just like the weather, and you never know when it will come again. For me, when my husband passed away very suddenly three years ago, my soul exploded into a hundred pieces, and it flew away in the different parts of the spiritual planes far, far out of this world. This happened partially because the pain in my heart could not contain the intense explosion of grief and partially to retain the aspects of who I am, to help hold on to me until my physical body could recover and my aura body could repair itself in order to create space to hold those pieces again. Now, at year three, I've reclaimed about 95% of those pieces of my soul and I've brought them back home into my body. My story now is about my journey to reclaim those last 5% very big important pieces of my soul and the path to bring them back to my heart. Along this journey, I'm going to share with you how it goes, how I heal and how I feel, and how I come back from being splintered into a hundred pieces and find myself all over again. It's who I am. It's what I do. It's what I came back for in this lifetime, to teach and to share. As a wisdom teacher, the best way I can describe it today is that I'm a phoenix. When my husband died, I burned down to nothingness, like the phoenix who dies the metaphorical death. According to the ancient legends, the phoenix dies for a period of three days. Though days back in that time were not measured as 24-hour pockets of time like we describe today, but instead they were much longer periods of time. During this time of metaphorical death for the phoenix, it goes through great alchemical and shamanistic changes to its mind, body, and spirit. During this perceived dead time, it is receiving information from the spiritual planes, which is being transmitted back into the soul of the phoenix. When the cycle of three has come, the phoenix is restored back to life and is reborn. It looks the same physically, but the soul of the phoenix is now reborn and has gone through a progression and an evolution that allows it to continue on its journey again. 
The phoenix, though, is forever altered. It can never be quite what it was before. It understands that the ending has forever changed who they are. It also understands that with every ending, one is thrust into a new beginning. And such is the cycle of life, death, and rebirth. Here now, I'm halfway through year three, and I'm deep in that alchemical process, the journey of the Philosopher's Stone for those of you who study esoteric teachings like I do. And I'm now closing in on the journey to being reborn. What they don't tell you, and what I'm about to tell you, is that when you agree to go through this shamanic-like, alchemical, phoenix-type experience of life, death, and rebirth, is that while you're still inherently the same person at your core, you are now forever changed and altered. And through this process, you can never be the same again. Gone is the girl with the innocence that I once was. I'm now older, I'm wiser, and over time I'm getting stronger. With this experience, I now understand that the only choice presented on this journey is to move forward, to become the new person that I'm now on the road to becoming. And so... To all of you who have been with me over the years, as I've shared the ancient wisdom teachings and taught my mystery school teachings and shared my books and podcasts and online courses, and those of you who come to see me as I've taught around the country in the U.S., I want to thank you with all that I am for your love and encouragement through these years. And from many of you, thank you for your support through this toughest time here in my journey. And to those of you who are just now discovering me and my work, I welcome you. I welcome you with open arms and a loving heart. Let's work together now as we delve into the mysteries of the universe, as we delve into the meaning of life, the pursuit of happiness, and most importantly, as we explore your spirit. I'm still your travel guide to the other side. I'm still Kayla Ambrose. I'm just a little more battle-worn than how you may remember me from before. And that's going to come out sometimes along this journey. I'm also stronger and wiser and even more connected to the spirit world with newly expanded psychic and mediumship powers as the bridge between this world and spirit world has been blown wide open for me. And this is now where I walk back and forth every day. So on the podcast here, we're going to go on an alchemical journey together one of exploring who you are at every level. This begins with the age-old questions, who am I and why am I here? Are you ready? Okay, let the journey begin. Welcome to Explore Your Spirit with Kayla. I'm your host and your travel guide to the other side. And on tonight's episode, I'd like to discuss the theme of moving on versus moving forward. As a widow, I hear these comments way too often from people, especially well-intentioned people who don't speak with me often, and when they do, they're not sure exactly what to say to me now. I'll tell you, when someone is in grief, one of the worst questions to ask them is, how are you? It almost always triggers an emotional reaction in them, and they struggle not to cry in front of you. How am I, the widow thinks. How do I explain that I'm a shadow of myself walking around trying to get through the day while facing a hundred challenges that, while stressful for everyone, feel absolutely overwhelming to me in Widow Fogland? 
The widow understands that the person asking this question means well, but that because they have not experienced this type of grief, they really don't understand what it feels like to live in a cloud of grief that surrounds and permeates their thoughts, their emotions, and even their physical well-being. Perhaps the worst question of all, though, is the, well, it's been a year, or two years, or three years, or even five years. Aren't you over it yet? Aren't you feeling better yet? Aren't you ready to move on? You don't move on from losing someone you loved. At first, you're immobilized, you're frozen. It's impossible to move at all. And later through the process, your body, mind, and spirit begin to thaw slightly and you shuffle quietly and awkwardly in slow motion. As you continue over time in that roller coaster ride that I mentioned, you reach an area where you can look out and you do see the world around you again. And this gives a moment of clarity, but it also allows an avalanche of emotions to come pouring back over you. Emotions that your body had shut down for a while in order to protect you, in order to protect you from taking in too much pain at one time. Here you are, you've traveled this far to regain a sense of living, only to be blindsided again with crippling pain. Rounding this corner, your strength returns bit by bit, but you're wary. Like a soldier or an emergency response person, you've seen and experienced things that have forever changed your understanding of the world. You've seen all too clearly how quickly the world can appear normal at one moment, and in the very next minute, your whole life has been permanently changed. No longer can you understand the world where people complain about the slightest and most insignificant problem in their lives, like not being served a perfect cup of coffee or their incredible vacation trip with all of their loved ones having the slightest glitch or their spouse forgetting to pick their shirt up off the floor. As you listen to people complain about these things when you're out in the world, back at work or with friends or at a party, it shocks you as to how people are wasting their time and how valuable time is as no one knows how many days, years, or minutes they have left. You hear someone at a party gossiping about the outfit someone else is wearing or tearing them apart how they look physically or putting down someone they don't like at a party. You listen as they cut them to shreds with their words and you can't help but think, is this really all there is to this world? Is this all that people really care about, their physical appearance and their wealth or social status? Over the years as a wisdom teacher, I've tried to teach my students about the incredible power of thoughts and how they create energy. I've explained that when we take those thoughts and express them verbally as words, we cut and slice and burn and do serious damage to others. If people could see the aura around people like I do, they would see the scars that others have placed on other people with their words. Most people walk around with hundreds of scars and wounds on their auric body from what others have said to them and about them. Most of these wounds heal over time and become scars, but some wounds don't heal because people continue cutting into them over and over with their words. The people on the receiving end of these words walk around in pain from these wounds, and this perpetuates a cycle. As we all know, when we are in pain and we're not feeling well, we are not at our best. When we are not at our best, we lash out and we say hurtful things to others. Wounds are created by words. In the mystery schools, the first lesson taught 
is to have control of your emotions. Now, don't take this literally. If you've read my book, Nine Life Altering Lessons, you understand this in the first lesson, that having control of your emotions is not meaning that you shouldn't be emotional. It means that you become aware and conscious of emotional feelings that you're experiencing. If you've taken my Nine Life Altering Lessons online course, this is how the esoteric teachings are taught. To have control of your emotions does not mean that you should not be emotional. It means that you become aware and conscious of the emotional feelings that you are experiencing and that you are awake and aware enough to know what you're feeling and how to let it flow and be released in a positive way that does not harm others or yourself in that doing. Many people never make it through this first step of learning to be in control of your emotions, or as I prefer to call it, to be aware of your emotions. Most people walk around with a big chip on their shoulder. This chip is from their open wounds, and when they experience something that pokes this wound, they react emotionally and they say things that hurt others. These people don't understand what they're doing. Their ego tells them that they are in the right to tell this person off, that this person deserved it or had it coming, or even worse, they delude themselves in their ego saying, this person needs to hear the truth. I'll get into what truth is really in another episode, but for now, no, there's very little truth in this world. There's mainly just perception. There's a big calling these days where people will say, I need to tell you my truth. And what they really need to say is, I need to tell you my perception based on my experiences, my lack of experiences, my empathy or lack of empathy, my compassion or lack of compassion, my uh, evolution, my growth or lack of growth, and my emotional state and the pain that I'm in. That's really what a lot of people's truth truly is. So in this pain, people gossip about other people, which is really just an attempt to make themselves feel better about who they are and their life choices. Why do they do this? Because they're in deep pain as well. They gossip about other people because they feel insecure or inferior in some way, and putting that person down makes them feel superior about themselves, but just for a moment. And then after a moment, they feel guilty. So after they do this, they'll attempt to shake it off and say, moving on. But the thing is, you see, it's not moving on. It's just repeating a pattern over and over and over. And sometimes they'll see that in their out-of-control emotional outbursts that they hurt another person. And sometimes they'll feel bad about it and they'll apologize for what they said. But when a person continues to say hurtful things, even under their opinion of truth-telling, the apology becomes null and void. Once the person holds on to that in the past and repeats it over and over and harbors a grudge and brings it up over and over, the apology means nothing. Once their words have cut someone, there's a wound created. And if they continue to speak on it, it's like digging the knife deeper. Now, if, if these words weren't too sharp, the wound will heal and disappear. 
By the way, the person who says the hurtful words may not even know how deeply their words have cut this person at any particular time because they don't know the entire story of the person and what they have been through or what they are going through and how much it may truly affect them. But if you keep poking at that wound that you gave to a person, hurting it over and over, saying that hurtful thing to a person again, or bringing it up over and over, it takes longer to heal and the scar tissue remains when it does. And when that person keeps saying hurtful things to another person or other people jump in on it as well, it keeps the wound open and bleeding. Many of us are walking around like this today, the walking wounded, carrying our hurts and our pain and our insecurities around us in our auric body. Because some of the wounds are exposed, it doesn't take much for someone to bump into us and cause us to cry out in pain or to lash out in pain. Think of it as when you've had a bad cut on your body and then you bump it and the pain sears through your body and that wound starts to bleed again through your bandage. Widows understand this concept very well. When one is in grief, it's like our entire body is one giant gaping wound and the slightest touch or bump or word causes tears and overwhelming pain. The normal stresses of life that no one enjoys, but we deal with every day, can feel insurmountable and suffocating to someone in grief and pain. On top of this, widow fog slows down the capacity to think and to react quickly, and grief has slowed down the body's ability to process this information. Really, it's like struggling through a very thick fog with no GPS or guiding light to guide you through. While widows experience this challenge in an overwhelming capacity, they are not the only ones to feel it at this level. Soldiers returning from war, emergency personnel, including police officers, firemen, EMTs, nurses, and doctors, can also experience this type of PTSD, grief, and pain. As those who are bullied or abused and mistreated, they experience this pain and carry wounds as well. Everyone in life has wounds of their own. Some were created in childhood, in high school, and onward with broken hearts, broken trust, broken promises, broken dreams, and regrets made by our own poor choices. And in each of these cases, I would say, there's no such thing as moving on. Moving on would imply that one can forget that there is a wound that is open and bleeding, which needs time and care to heal. The widow cannot move on and forget that the love of their life has died. The soldier cannot move on and forget the friends they lost or the choices they had to make in the heat of battle. The emergency worker cannot move on and forget the person they tried to help and lost. Each person who has suffered in some way, even not as these described in such intense levels, has endured a pain that has now become part of who they are. To move on is to ignore what has happened and to pretend that without giving it any care, that it will cease to exist. So now here we are and we've identified these things. That one, words spoken emotionally can hurt and cause wounds. Two, wounds cause people to say and do hurtful things because they are in pain. Three, most people aren't even awake or aware of why they say hurtful things, 
because their ego, in an attempt to deal with their pain, convinces them they'll feel better when they say or think hurtful things about or to others. Four, moving on does not fix the problem. It just temporarily pushes the problem to the back of one's mind in an attempt to ignore it. The pain is still there. Five, the world is full of the walking wounded, and because people are told to move on, they never fully deal with their emotions and pain. And this causes a ripple effect as they gossip, lash out, and hurt others. Six, when we sit back for a moment and take this in, we see how these dynamics play out in our family life, our work life, with friends, at social events, and at parties. We see how it plays out on reality TV and in politics and indeed the entire state of our world. Okay, so we've identified the problem. And that's step one. If you can't even see the problem, you don't know how to fix it. So step one, identifying the problem is important. But I'm sure you're thinking now, Kayla, since we can't move on, what do we do to heal? And the answer is you move forward. Moving on implies ignoring what has occurred, pretending the wound and the pain doesn't exist, and stepping into ego in a misguided attempt to show others that you'll show them. The wound remains open and irritated, and the person finds themselves getting hurt over and over again. Even more tragically, they find themselves attracting the same type of people and experiences into their life repeatedly because the energy they are sending out is connected to pain, to that pain specifically. So the experience never ends for them because they never heal the wound. Instead, moving forward is moving in conscious awareness, where one understands at the moment that they are in pain. They understand that they have been wounded and that this has temporarily crippled them. And if they don't get help and address the wound, it will not heal properly, and it will continue to be a problem. Moving forward means moving through the experience, feeling the emotional pain, suffering through each step of the journey in order to come to terms with the thoughts and feelings. At each step of moving forward, moving through, the person is consciously aware of what is occurring, including the setbacks that occur when someone or something triggers the pain in this wound all over again. Sometimes it's not another person who reopens the wound. Rather, it's a memory or the holidays or a special date like a birthday or an anniversary. Sometimes it's the smallest, most mundane thing that opens the wound. When we move forward and through, we let go of the ego trying to control the journey. We accept that there's no control in life and that the only thing we can try to control is allowing ourselves to experience our emotions while keeping conscious awareness of what is occurring so that over time we can heal our wounds while not striking out in pain and hurting other people in the process. One does not move on from love. One does not move on from having the imprint of that person's love indelibly imprinted onto their soul and into every essence of their being. One does not choose to forget that, to ignore that, to move on from that. What we can do is move forward, carrying that love in them always, and move forward in order to welcome new experiences, in order to continue to grow and evolve. 
One takes the best from their past, works to consciously heal from their wounds in the present, and then moves forward in order to embrace what comes in the future. Okay, are you still with me? Take a deep breath, because this was a pretty heavy episode, but I thought it was important to share with you where I'm at on my journey and who I am as a wisdom teacher. Because after all, if you're going to keep traveling with me as your travel guide to the other side, you might as well get to know more about me. So along the way, we're going to explore a lot about life, about spirituality and the pursuit of happiness, and we're going to get into some deep thinking and some self-introspection and observation. But with that, we're also going to explore the silly and the inane and the complicated and the hilarious things that happen to us as we go about our daily lives, only to find that life then has something else in mind to show us. I hope you'll laugh along with me as we learn not to take life too seriously, while becoming a bit more consciously aware of how we are taking our personal growth and our evolutionary journey. So in closing, I'd like to ask this. I'd like you to think about this and and ponder on this this week until we meet again. Have you had a dream die? It doesn't have to be as extreme as mine was, losing a great love and the life we shared, along with all of our dreams for the future. It could be the death of a career that you loved or a relationship that ended through divorce or a breakup. We all experience endings of things every day. Together here, maybe we can explore how to handle things better when it happens. Maybe we can learn to understand that it's a cycle in the circle of life that comes whether we're ready or not. And how if we're still here hanging on, we'll learn how to grab hold to a branch when it's extended to us so we can pull ourselves out from the waves of despair. For life is a cycle of constant change, and that means that even in the darkest moments and days, they too don't last forever. That's the end of our journey for today. Thank you for listening. In love and light, and in pursuit of all things mysterious and enchanting, I'm wishing you a great week. Thanks for listening to the show, and please drop your comments below and let me know how you're liking the show, and what other topics you'd like to hear me explore. And for those of you who have been listening to Explore Your Spirit in years past, many of the show archives are available here to listen to are on my website, exploreyourspirit.com, where you can activate the player there under shows and listen to the shows one by one if you'd like. Lastly, I can ask for one little favor. If you like this show, please share it with others. Let others know about Explore Your Spirit.
Explore Your Spirit is on the web. Visit us at exploreyourspirit.com.